Dojo Distortion Podcast. We're live, episode number six. I'm here with Cy. What's up, man? I'm good. We're here with Bitter End. And uh, Shadow of a Jow. How y'all guys doing tonight? Uh, introduce yourselves, guys. My name's Daniel. Sing for Bitter End when we play every once in a while. <laughs> I'm Eli, uh, I sing for Shadow of Doubt and drum for Stew, a bunch of hardcore bands. Bitter and Arts, back in Bitter and Arts, I list them for you guys. Fucking go on forever. That's what most drummers in Saskatchewan are like. Most drummers are at least in one band. is uh it's well known you know what i mean and uh, a lot of people they're like oh shit you, you know you drum for bitter end or you drum for hard side or you know now you're kind of like singing you sing for a band called shadow without and you know i just i just keep on rolling man you know yeah, man. how did he come about originally um switching up stuff? yeah uh i wanted to do something different man i was always kind of known for like like if I needed to let some aggression out, you know, on the mic and kind of, you know, write some songs and lyrics that kind of people needed to hear, you know. Kind of like your story. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, you know, just like, you know, Daniel has his story, you know, with Bitter End, you know what I mean? Every single song, it's basically just, uh, to me, it's a story about the roles, if you will, if you will, and, uh, you know, sing for a bit, yeah. So, in uh, drumming for Bitter End, uh, y'all both put out some albums together, um, the one we just heard, uh, the track we just heard was um, the title track as well as the intro from the Climate of Fear album, um, what was it like making that record, what was going on, and uh, 
The start is a band. Yeah. Well, you got to start with the you got to start with another band before you go to Veteran. Oh, okay. Because Sputnik, that band he was talking about, all three of those members morphed into Today We Prevail. Today We Prevail. Yeah. Which was like 2002 to 2004, maybe the beginning of 2005. No, probably right at the end of 2004. Maybe 2004. Yeah, 2004. But who sang for Sputnik? Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what happened, but somehow I sang with every member of Sputnik. But it wasn't never like I was never in the band Sputnik. Yes, I don't even remember how it happened. Honestly, actually, we saw you at the Peacock Center. Yes, dude. Yes, it was. It was. It was in Peacock. So it was me, Carlos, and Rolando. We saw you and we at the show with Seven Angels, that show at Seven Angels, Seven Plagues, and A Death for Every Sin, and we kind of like just noticed you, and we were like, holy fuck, like who's this tall white kid, <laughs> and uh, you know, I think Carlos just ended up talking to you. Yeah, I really don't even remember how I met him, honestly. How did you start singing for, like, bands or, or hardcore? Well, before It's Day Prevail, I was in this band that played like three shows called Now or Never. That would have been like 2001, maybe, I guess. And then, so anyway, I met them somehow. I literally don't even remember how I met them, but I met them. And then we started Today Prevail. That lasted for a couple of years. We put out two demos or like two and a half demos or something. Wasn't there like another, I don't remember. Anyway, we'll say two demos for sure. And, and you all both played in Today Prevail? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And so at some point... Me, Eli, Jacob, Carlos, and Rolando were like the last lineup of Today We Prevail. And then, I don't remember how it happened, but somehow kind of Carlos and Rolando didn't want to do it, or we wanted to do something different, or it's, I don't I don't remember, man. This is, you know, 16 years ago or something. So anyway, um, me and Eli and Jacob kept a band going got Griff and then I don't even remember who's the very first bass player was it Gabe? No, but he, no, I don't think he practiced with us it though. Was Gabe like played, Matt played like two shows anyway, so we, we kind of morphed Day or Prevail so three members of Bitter End were in the last lineup of Day or Prevail so then March 2nd, 2005 we played our first show as Bitter End at, was it called The Sanctuary? I can't remember what it was called. The Sanctuary. Yeah. No, it was not the front stage. It was the back area. Yeah, like that was like years later though. But yeah, so. So what, what was the question again? <laughs> how did we start? That's how we started. How y'all came together. Yo, but tell them, tell them who we played with. The first show? That was Marauder. Pretty good. Yeah. Not a lot of people know that that you know our first show was with a band that was highly influenced for Bitter End. At least for Griff was, man. As far as uh, Griff were concerned, um, you know, Marauder was that band for Bitter 
So was this um, what was the exact lineup of uh, Midnight uh, of uh, Climate of Fear? Or a, cli- a Climate of Fear? Actually, no. Let's, let's go back. We're gonna we're gonna play um, the Plague next off of Mind and Chains. So yeah. What lineup was was that on? It was me, Eli, Jacob, Griff, and this guy named Matt from Austin, who I haven't talked to him in years. I don't know what he's doing, but he was our first bass player that we recorded with. We had some before we recorded anything, but yeah, so anyway, that's the lineup. Yeah. That's awesome. And um, as far as like that album like being created, that, that's pretty much when y'all were starting, so what, what was your mindset uh, as far as like the lyrics and like what you wanted to do? Just, I mean, I was, <laughs> so I was 21 years old, tw- I probably wrote them when I was like 20. So I don't know, man, I didn't know what, I was just a fucking... Yeah, I guess yeah, yeah, it's not I guess just an online. <laughs> it's not on the radio. Um Man, I was just I didn't I don't know, when you're twenty years old you're like kinda becoming an adult, but you're kinda not you don't know what you're just I was just confused <laughs> for lack of a better word, man. I was just trying to figure out the world. I still am I guess, but maybe more so when I was twenty. Yeah. I think it's nothing really gets easier if you just get like stronger and better. That's that's probably true. Were there things that like kind of helped you out like Well with that record, I mean we put out a demo tape in two thousand five. Um and then there was a label out of California called Malfunction Records. Um and they put out that Mind and Chains E P which was the first like if you don't count the demo tape, the first release, but pretty much from the start, man, I mean, it wasn't, we, we were just, we just went full at it, you know, as much as, I don't want to say full at it, it's like we were touring full time, but you know, anytime that we could leave for a week or two, we were gone and we were on a label that wasn't, that was kind of known in that subgenre hardcore. So, a little bit. I mean, back then it's kind of different. Like, no one had, I don't say no one had book agents. Hardcore bands nowadays, like, when they get to a certain point, or even sometimes before they get to a certain point, they have booking agents. But back then it wasn't like that. Or you know? DIY. Yeah. It was, it was like, you know, I might book two shows. The guy at the record label might know two people. He books two shows. The band we're on tour with might book two shows. And then. You know, there might be two other shows that people reached out to us and one book us, so we just route it, and, you know, and then you have a 10-day tour. Yeah, it was kind of word of mouth at, back then. Um, you know, shout out to True Cray. What's up, True? Um, you know, True really did a lot for us, you know, um, being signed to Malfunction. And uh, I kind of have to give it to him there because if it wasn't for him, you know, <laughs> no, that, that's, that's a good way. That's a funny way of looking at it. But yes. it's honestly awesome as hell because, like, y'all, y'all definitely become something that, um, like, almost a, a household name in hardcore. Uh, sure. Not even just in Texas anymore, man. Everywhere. Like, yeah. Everywhere. I see you. Yeah, I mean, I know, you know, beautiful. I'm a little bit out of touch, admittedly, but I know that, you know, most people, if they're in the hardcore, you know, between the age of 21 and 
35 or 40. They probably, they may not be like big fans, but they know who we are at least, you know? Yeah, that's cool. And um, you also used to work at uh, Hog Wild Records, right? I did. I worked there from 2006 to 2011, I think, or 2005, something like that. I remember going in there and seeing you. I didn't know you were a singer there at the time. Yeah. Sure you did, man. It happened. It happened more times than you think. They people I'd come in and buy Bitter End records, and I'd sell it to them, but I wouldn't even. I mean, sometimes people knew, but sometimes people didn't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not like one to be like, hey, I'm, you know. I mean, so, yeah, I just, I just like sold the record and let them walk out the door and kind of laughed later. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yo, they always had like a, a really cool staff there. It seemed like they always. Yeah. Had, everyone seemed to get along while I was there. So. Yeah, it was cool. Another employee that stuck out to me, and I mean, just taking up the rest of the story, was uh, was Time Man. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he would honestly push your band a lot as well. I remember going in there, and yeah. nobody listened to him. Like, I would just tell him, like, oh, dude, you know, like, just heavy stuff, loud stuff, you know, heavy yeah. stuff, like, bitter end. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember mm-hmm. that bitter end record. And that's, like, the first couple of times meeting him, you know, I'm sure y'all meet a lot of the people there. Yeah, Time Man was real into all kinds of, you know, like, rock, hard rock, heavy metal, thrash metal, death metal, punk, hardcore, you know, he was in all that stuff, um, but he was mostly in the, you know, metal and all the subgenres of that, so, I mean, he, he showed me a lot of, you know, a lot of thrash metal bands that I probably, you know, I kind of was touching the edge of it, but there was a lot of stuff that, you know, I wouldn't, I might not have gotten into if it wasn't for him kind of showing me some other stuff you know but he was cool he was a real uh champion of music for lack of a better word you know he he always wanted to talk about it and help people find you know records they thought you know he thought they would like yeah that's awesome you know i'm sure everyone there as well you know yeah totally man a lot of of customers he was he was an important part of you know, I say the scene, but not like a real specific scene, just underground music in general, you know, when it, you know, underground guitar music. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I think we should go ahead and jump into the next song real quick, and then um, when we come back, we'll talk about what everyone's like kind of currently doing, and um, we'll also talk about um, more about the record uh, Mind and Chains. Hey, we're going to get into the next song. Uh, it's called The Plague. It's off Mind and Chains. Uh, we're getting started. Uh, once again, this is the Dojo Distortion Podcast. Yeah. 
once again, this is Dojo Distortion Podcast. I'm here with Samurai Side, your boy Miklo Fresh. We're here with Bitter End uh, and also Shadow of a Doubt as well. Um, so what like got y'all into this style of music? Like, What are some bands that influenced y'all and kind of like drew you to even like hardcore music? You know, man, I was, like I said, man, when I was like 15, like I was really just kind of like big on new metal. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what kind of music like yeah, I was like, well, wait a minute. It's fucking heavy. And, like, there's fucking people eating their shit. You know, and the fucking band is just fucking explosive. Um, fuck, you know, actually, one of those bands, I, I think, would have to be with Off and Dirty, don't you think? You know, I think they kind of set the tone for San Antonio hardcore. Yeah, in definitely, general. definitely. I can agree um, with that. see him at shows like we would just see a bunch of fucking bands and like i think the most memorable show that will probably be embedded in my mind is uh scene was open up for converge and hate breed at sunset station i were you there i I miss those sunset shows man they're always yeah man AV 2004. Yeah, and I, I, I think that show kind of like really opened my eyes to like, fuck, there's, there's something more to this, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, hats off to Was, you know, for kind of setting the tone for bands like Bitter End and a slew of other bands to come, bands. Up, you know, come along and, you know, they were kind of like that pioneer. starting bitter in like i was like we were i think we were all kind of like just listening to like a bunch of like new york hardcore like you know when we were writing climate of fear you know griff would be like hey man what would fucking armand from sick of it all do on this (laughs) on this lick you know what i mean or and i'd be like okay yeah boo 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 or hey man what would break down bro you know yeah do you yeah he would be like yo what would and I would come back with like a beat, you know what I mean? Follow the yeah, guitar like riff and shit. Yeah, man, you know, and that's what we were all listening to, dude. Um, actually, speaking of breakdowns, y'all did a breakdown cover on, um, on um, Michael, Michael Chang's. Chang's. Yeah. yeah, it's a bonus track. I 
think it was just it was just on the CD. Is it on Spotify? I don't even know. Uh, I'm not sure. Honestly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't on the vinyl record, but I know it was on the CD. It was just a you know just a bonus track to do it. covering the song, you know what I mean? I try to do that. Um, I, I, I think you can fucking pull that off pretty well. <laughs> I think so. I yeah, I just think the song, it's honestly like kind of like uh, inspirational in its own way, and then like the way y'all beat it up is pretty good. It's just like, it, there's just an essence to it. It's just like, fucking like, well done. Thank you. Yeah, so um, what do you guys think about like, uh, about uh, Hardcore Now? Yeah, but I mean, to go back to what Eli was saying about the start of San Antonio stuff, there was, you gotta remember this is like right as the internet was kind of a thing, but it wasn't like, Facebook didn't exist, MySpace didn't exist, I guess maybe Friendster, remember that thing? Yeah, Live Journal or whatever, but there was, there was a small hardcore scene that was more, I guess the word is like traditional hardcore. You know what I mean? Like with all sincerity was, you know, you can argue this is hardcore, that's hardcore, but with all sincerity was a little more metal tinge hardcore. You know what I mean? So I remember there, I was kind of friendly with the more traditional, you know, kind of just straight ahead hardcore kids. I mean, not that there was a ton, but there were some. Any any bands from that time uh, well, like, there's a band called Far From Breaking that was, uh, a few of those guys went on that band Iron Age. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but in the early 2000s, Far From Breaking was a thing. Um, there was a couple of those guys in No Hope in Texas actually were in a band that, uh, I can't remember, but this was not even him. It was, it was, uh, it was, he was, he's too young to even, it was this guy Matt and then James is his name. Anyway. Anyway, there was like this small group of, you know, kids or whatever. And so I remember, I, I literally remember the day that we found out about the other kids that were kind of the more metal core kids because that band from Autumn to Ashes played at the, this place called The Metal Room. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't go, but I remember that a few of the, you know, a few of the people that were a little bit more in the traditional hardcore just kind of went to the show to check it out like it wasn't really their bag but they were just like you know back then it's different like people just went to shows just to go and i remember they we were all talking like the next day or a couple days later and they're like all these kids dancing like out of where the like where the fuck did they came from you know what i mean like we never seen them around ever so there was like these two little mini scenes that didn't that didn't know each other existed until that night and then after that you know it was still different and there were people that had their preferences but I remember that with all sincerity was like a band that some of the more traditional hardcore kids became friends with so there would be mixed shows and they first became aware of each other I guess you could say you know because that would have been like 2000 
two, I guess. And then by the second one, well, no, yeah, no, it was early. And then but even then, like, some of the kids that were more in the with all sincerity scene started to become more into, like, the traditional hardcore scene and less into, like, the metalcore scene. And then there were some kids that were more in traditional hardcore that went more metalcore, you know, but for a minute, none of them knew about each other. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? There were these two yeah. scenes in San Antonio. I didn't think even that's, know. like, a never-ending kind of thing that happens because it, it was kind of like that, you know, whenever I was coming up, too. Yeah, it was like, and even then, like, with metal, like, yeah. now metal has almost become, like, into hardcore, yeah. too. It's like yeah. the, the shows are mixed, you know what I mean? Before, yeah. you couldn't do that. People would start fighting. Yeah, like, we really be. had to fight yeah. just to be at shows because yeah. metal was just such a big damn thing at one point. To me, I feel like there's more like everybody's like used to each other already. Like that, all that, I guess, all that fighting and all that, like that already came. came yeah, dude, way, but you, you, know you got I mean? you got to understand, like back then, like, like I'm gonna go ahead and say this, but yeah, a, a lot a lot of people were like not afraid to get hit. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like it was violent, dude. Like it was it was, it was, it, was yeah. it was violent as fuck. I definitely agree. Honestly, with I feel that. like if you if you went to a show, I mean, you pretty much expected that back then. Oh yeah, hit. dude. Yeah, I mean, not like you went to get hit, but you expected. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Now it's like I've broken know. somebody's nose. I've had my nose broken. You know what I mean? Just not on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th I think going back to your question, you know, as far as the the state of what how hardcore is now. Um, kind of, well, I'm, I'm somewhat kind of upset because it's like me and Daniel kind of let this, um, fuck man, you know, uh, we kind of like leave it up to the gener, the younger generation to kind of keep it going. But I kind of feel like this younger generation is fucking lazy as fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, no, no, it's true, dude. Nobody, like, look at it, like, nobody wants like, to, like, put in the work. They just want to be like, bam, I'm there. Hey, fucking Yahtzee, <laughs> fucking Yahtzee. I see it. I see it too. Like, and, and like before you, you, you actually had to like have good music and give somebody a demo. Like now it's just like, oh yeah, you're in a band. All right, cool, cool. You're on the bill. Let's do this shit. Yes, Bring yes, your it, th dude. That's how <laughs> I exactly feel. It's like, oh, you playing this band? Okay, well we'll put you. Uh, to open up this big show for us. It's like, well, wait a minute. When I was in Bitter End, well, I, I, I remember sacrificing a lot, dude. Yeah, every, every band I've been in, or dude, even rapping you're, like you're talking about sacrifices. flyers. Like, we would put out flyers at fucking Hogwild. We would pass them out at shows. Daniel would be out there promoting. Um, you know, we would do it just kind of DIY when now these fucking hardcore kids is are like they share the posts yes <laughs> they share the posts on instagram or like social media and to what daniel was kind of saying it's like the fucking internet kind of somewhat ruined it you know what i mean it kind of I, I don't know man it, it kind of pisses me off because i see a bunch of kids they're like they'll post on twitter they'll be like oh well i'm a do a sad post on twitter but then i'm gonna play hardcore that sounds like fucking you know trying to emulate sick of it all or breakdown kind of thing but I, to me when i look at that i'm like yo motherfucker like weren't you just crying about something on twitter and then now you want to act hard and play you know hardcore music like i i just don't think those 
like, it, it, I don't get it, dude. I don't, I don't get it. I just think these newer hardcore kids are fucking lazy. It, the other thing, too, is I think it's, like, for me, this is how I see it. Maybe not everybody sees it this way, but everybody follows trends now. Nobody's making raw, real music. And, like, raw, real music will always last to a trend. Trends always die. And I feel like nowadays it's, like, the Internet has trends, like, in fashion, bro. Look, man, you can play me the, the most heaviest darkest black metal fucking <laughs> riff ever but to me I, i've heard that shit why do i want to hear it again you know what i mean like what the fuck you couldn't come up with a better fucking riff you know really i mean come on guys <laughs> you know do your homework listen and to and the you know band. that goes back to hip-hop too i feel like a lot of these new kids come in but they don't do their homework they don't they don't have the respect for the bands that came Exactly. They don't give they a don't. shit about no, the band. No, 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 yeah, they don't. They don't give a shit. You know, it's just like give me, give me, give me, give me. You know, I, I'd rather, I'd rather listen to a band who fucking will open up an agnostic front record and like study the lyrics and study the music, as to a band that be like, oh, well, I like that riff, dude. Yeah, yeah, I play. It's heavy as fuck. Like yeah, fuck yeah. And if, fuck that. Fuck that, dude. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll respect more the the kid that opens up. Uh, fucking sick of it all record, uh, fucking use it today record, shit like that. You know that that's hardcore, dude. Yeah. To me, that's hardcore. You know what I mean? You know, for me, I started off like with metal and new metal, and like I don't know, I just got interested in like where it all came from. You know, like Hatebreed was that band that kind of took me like holy shit, what is this? This is metal, but right. it's not metal. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like you know, and that was the band for me that took me down that wormhole. You know, and then I started finding like you know other bands like Jigsaw. And yeah, I mean? yeah, absolutely. Like, it wasn't, like, the hardcore that I was used to, but it's, like, this is where it came from. You know right, I mean? right. So yeah, I man, get that, I definitely. Just, I, definitely it, it, I definitely get where you're coming I, from. I hope that answers your question as far as what I think about the state of hardcore now, yeah, yeah, yeah. in San Antonio, at least. So, uh, any bands? Any bands we should check out? Yeah, you know what, man? I do, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do, dude. You ready for this one? A band called Sheer Force. A band from the south side, a bunch of fucking just young kids just playing legit, straight up old school hardcore. Uh, Sheer Force. Sheer Force. Check them out. And another band that comes to mind that I think are like little workhorses. You know, so you, you kind of like want to be the little brother and talk to these guys and kind of like, you know, get them straight on how it is and how, how it was. Uh, kitchen before they have to go to the lesson. Right, uh, uh, that band would be New Methods. They shout out, man. Matt. They're making a lot of love on the show. Yeah. Everybody's been giving them love. Yeah, I've seen them on a lot of shows too, like opening yeah, up man. for a lot and of. Yeah, man. And they bands. deserve it, dude. They deserve it because they work hard, dude. They work hard. I've seen them a while back. I haven't seen them like in someone I used to want to listen. To. You should check them out, man. Good band. Good and those two bands. Course, do you think you get them to maybe send us some music? Yeah, man, absolutely. I'll get uh, in contact with uh, Ezra, and uh, he'll send. Uh, I'll send you, you know, the link. Two bands, man, for sure. Well, um, before we get into the next song, which is uh, off the title, off the album, sorry, title track. Um, this is uh, y'all had an album before that though, a self-titled. Fit it in. It was just it was two songs. Okay. Yeah, it was just a two song is seven inch vinyl. Or? Yeah, it was just a. It never. Yeah, it never came out on CD. It was just on seven inch vinyl. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was kind of a weird 
I think it's good, but for a split second, it was like we were all like super into thrash metal. I mean, we're still in the hardcore, but we were like, I don't know. It was an experiment. Right you know what I, mean? I guess you could say? Like, like I like the songs, but in hindsight, they were way too long. Like, we could have stripped them down and cut them in half and just got at the meat of it. Yeah, they those live many times. We played that's no, we played Purgatory live a few times. It's it's I think it's a cool song. It's just it's like five minutes long and it, it's not bad. I just it should have been three minutes. How you know many, what I mean? How many copies of the genre did you sell? Thousand maybe, so maybe two thousand. Yeah, there's like a white and a brown. I think there may have only been a thousand. I don't remember exactly. You know, so if you're hearing that bitter end to self titled, there's vinyls out there. If you see one at a store or something like that, a record store, you can cop one. Also, your last record was Malfunction Records. Well, yeah, because I think technically, I guess, Death Wish Inc. bought Malfunction oh, okay. in 2008. Yeah. Like, kind of right after Climate of Fear came out. And so, at first, Death Wish kept Malfunction as like a subsidiary, I think is how you say it. But then they just like kind of just made it all one thing, and then Malfunction just disappeared. You know, so. so you were just well. I mean, I guess it's not really dope, but I mean. Yeah, it, it's it? it's fine. Doesn't matter. Okay. I mean, it, it made sense. You know, yeah. like there's no reason to have. It it should all have just been one label. I guess is my point. So. I think at the time, a lot of labels were doing that. Like Sin City had, uh, Adby Records, Neurosis had like one of those little small labels that used to be on the black market that came with the money. Yeah, that was metal black. Yeah, I mean, people. Yeah, it was a thing, kind of. People used to have like side labels, but the thing is, is Malfunction bands were no different than Deathwish bands, so there was kind of no reason for. It just kind of slowly, just naturally became. Yeah, well, yeah, there was. um, Yeah, but it was fine. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't bad or anything. It's like the the singer of Converge and this other guy. um, Yeah, Trey on it. So. I mean, they were cool to work with. No, that's, so that's great. You know, you always hear about bands getting like screwed over by labels, and like no. whatever. I'm glad it didn't happen. No, we didn't get screwed over. But um, yeah, no, that's, that's honestly super dope to hear from a Deathwish fan. Yeah, it was fine. So, so what are y'all doing like these days? Are y'all uh, bitter in? Yeah. Well, I mean. Um, I mean, is that what you wanted to know? Yeah, like yeah. Y'all, y'all still jamming bitter in? Um, I mean, the band exists, kind of. You know, like we still, I'm the only one that lives in Texas. And so, you know, we'll play shows, but it's not like, we don't look for shows, but if someone sends us an offer, we can do it. Everyone's available. We'll go do it kind of thing. But it's not like I'm out there like emailing like, hey, can you, can we play this? Or I just like, it just let it happen naturally kind of thing. Yeah. I'm at peace with, you know everything we did so i'm not like i'm happy if we play shows i'm also happy if we don't play shows you know what i mean that's basically how it is like we have a show and the only show we have booked right now is in louisville kentucky on february 7th so that's it you know what i mean i'm sure we'll play like baltimore or some shit in 2021 you know i don't know you know what i mean like i don't know it's just random like that whenever it happens happens. whenever it happens it happens yeah, there's some big fest. Um, I, 
can't remember who plays what days. I mean, I know like Terror headlines the next day. Are we? Yeah. Eli knows. <laughs> I'm a little out of the loop. At this point, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. But um, are y'all still like uh, signed or writing like um, somehow? I, I've told the band, I'll write two more songs and then we and then that's it. And then you're done with it. I, I'm not maybe done with their end, but I just, I, f- I feel like I said I feel real at peace with the whole thing, so I don't want to force, but I, c- I also feel like I said what I wanted to say. I mean, you know, I think we released three LPs. We released, you know, two seven inches EPs. It's like I feel like sometimes bands keep going just because, for whatever reason, they just keep going. But yeah, and, and then the you start they start to like say the same thing over and over, which is fine. Like you know, whatever. It's got to be said. Yeah, and I'm not knocking it. It's just I don't, I don't, there's I don't need to do it. So I don't feel like some need to repeat myself. Like I feel like I said what I wanted to say in the context of that type of music, you know? So I'm just at peace with it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Lyrically, do you have like a favorite song or like just say something that you really like? Whenever you hear uh, there's a song, there's a song we put out on a uh, compilation called America's Hardcore. Came out in like 2010. It's a song called Disguised. Um, I think it's on Spotify. Y'all can listen to it or something. But it, yeah, it's, 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 it's we should have put it on a record, <laughs> but it was just on this one compilation. It's a good, it's it's a good song. Um, that that th- I think that was my last song recorded on drums. Yeah, yeah. Um, that 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 song really kind of like in a way kind of hits home, cause like we were all in the studio, man, and I remember like. Triple B Records was like, hey, we just need one song from you guys. Just kind of knock it out of the fucking park. And I remember going to the studio in Houston with Griff. And Griff was like, yo, man, I want this song kind of like special. And I was like, oh, all right, well, whatever. Right? <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll make it as special as I can. Um, you know, but the way I think the way Griff and Jacob, like their minds when it comes to recording and piecing songs together it's by far like the best and to me as a drummer like i feel comfortable you know what i mean like if those if, if those guys were to come to be like yo i got a riff i'd be like okay i got you you know it's kind of like one of those relationships you know what i mean and then having daniel you guys got to listen to that song that song I, and a lot of people a lot of people fucking when when i would play with bitter and they're like yo you gonna you guys can play disguise you guys play disguise play it man play it and like Daniel would be like, no, dude. <laughs> like, no, like, it's just because, uh, like, there's an instrumental part, like, in that song. And it, it's fuck, it's a great fucking song. And to me, it's probably one of the best songs on that fucking compilation, in my opinion. Yeah, there's that song, and then that was right kind of when Power Trip started to break. So there's a, you know, the whole compilation is probably like 25 minutes long. And our two songs take up like ten of those twenty-five minutes. <laughs> yeah, because there's like eight other bands, but they're all like a minute and a half, two minutes, and then Power Trip songs like five minutes, and ours is like five minutes. I, th- I think, 
uh, you have to understand that at that point, like our minds when writing music and stuff like that, we're like, well, we gotta. It, there was a certain point, like after Guilty as Charged, and when we, when we recorded that so one song, like we were like out there, dude. Like we were like we were like wondering what's next, you know, for writing proper process, uh, as far as with like Griff and Jacob, and uh, I think those guys and me kind of took it to the next level uh, as far as recording that one track and. And that's what that's what Daniel is saying that it was kind of too fucking long. <laughs> so uh, you know, uh, honestly, I think that that's like kind of like one of my personal favorite tracks. You know, like that we did that was that was a one off. So uh, yeah, j you guys check it out. It's called Disguise. Definitely gonna check it out. Well, um, we're gonna get into the next song. This is uh, the title track off of Guilty as Charged. We're in here with Bitter End and Shadow of Doubt. Stick around. We're about to talk more about Shadow of Doubt and some more about Bitter End. And we still got some more music. So, Once again, this is the Dojo Distortion Podcast. I'm here with Samurai Sai. We're going to get into this next song, Guilty as Charged. Couldn't turn it around, I'm guilty 
I think. Um, I think I'm gonna make this a little awkward. Uh, How did I uh, make the transition to sing? Okay. Well, I I, pl I played like I want to say my last show with Bitterin. Like I believe it was in Dallas. <laughs> it was at some festival, and I kind of like came to like terms with them and be like hey like you guys want to continue going pushing the band or whatever at the time going ahead you know like i'm just gonna stay back at home and kind of chill and you know at the same time I, w I was still busy like i was i was doing hard side man you know like yeah man uh shout out to zane and patrick man so yeah good dudes um yeah i was busy with that i was doing that and like um out of the blue, I was just like, fuck, man, I'll fucking sing. You know what I mean? Like, what's it going to hurt? You know what I mean? So I asked Patrick, um, I was like, hey, man, uh, let's, um, like, write a, a demo that, that'll that sound like something like Leeway. And, oh, man. That's, I was going to ask you about that. Oh, man. That, that, that was just kind of just like a project, I think. And, yeah, I mean, it was just kind of like a, a thing where, like, let's kind of test the waters, if you will. And at the time, I was doing a lot of shit. I was, like, drumming for all these bands or whatever. Yeah, and, uh, I think I remember that night you played, like, Yeah, I think that night, yeah, like, I, I played for Thorns, and then I played for Hardside, and then I think Bitter End did something, so I played some songs with them. Um, I asked Patrick to, like, write a couple, you know, just riffs or whatever. Um that like sounded like leeway kind of like um fucking killing time and shit like that so he did he wrote he wrote some fucking some riffs and we kind of pieced the songs together and then i came up with the lyrics and shit like that and then boom like it just kind of like somewhat took off like it, it didn't did it didn't take off like yeah, like, like how like how other bands you know like kind of take off or whatever um just something like oh fuck okay like i got some people's attention like so uh you know we kind of rolled with it and shit like that and we did like just small tours with like hard side and stuff like that and um yeah man you know i i kind of felt like if like if i wasn't i wasn't like truly done with bitter end but like like i i, I needed to say a couple of things you know Vocally, not not so not not so much on drums. If you you know, yeah, um, more more vocally. Um, so yeah, man, I just kind of sang and then um, actually hit up Andrew from Strife because um, we uh, we were just kind of looking for a label. Like we had all these songs and I was all like, fuck, man. I don't want a label to put it out or whatever. And, and when I was with Bitter End, we did a string of shows with them in California. And, like, just fucking became friends with them. And just the fucking cool dudes. Like, everybody in Stripe was awesome. Um, and then forward a couple of years later, you know, I sing for this band. And then I kind of uh, grabbed his attention. And Andrew was like, hey, I'm kind of starting off a small label. 
nothing too huge like you know i like what you're doing kind of shit and i was like okay well yeah you know if you like it like let's roll with it you know what i mean so he put it out on cassette and uh you know all the media platforms like itunes and all that shit right right and and we would try and play as much of shows as we can but you know yeah man it, it, it was it, again another thing that i wanted to do and that i you know i i guess if people conquered that you know what i mean like it, you know I, I did that you know what i mean it is what it is you know and I'm, I'm happy for that so um, well, right now, uh, Patrick is, 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 he's having a kid, actually, like, hey, as we Patrick. speak. Wow. So, uh, yeah, um, I think, uh, that band will kind of be put at a halt, at a halt, yeah, kind of in the back burner, and, um, if something cool happens, like, I mean, we wanted to play all the shows that we wanted to, like, we played with Harley, from the Chromags, like we played with like Leeway, and those are just some of the bands that kind of influenced what Shadow of Doubt was. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, fuck. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we're gonna go ahead and get in the first song from Shadow of a Doubt, or Shadow of Doubt. I'm oh, sorry. And um, it's called No Mercy. And y'all have a video for this one, right? Yeah, actually, we do. Captain <laughs> Revolution. Yeah, yeah actually, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Off of Alamo Street, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Okay. El Paso Street, yeah, yeah. shut down like real quick man like with all the noise and shit like that so yeah yeah man absolutely oh yeah absolutely Yeah. 
and he kind of also helped me with like the lyrics just because like that was the first time like me trying to sing and shit so he was like hey do this or say it like this say it like that or you know and that guy really helped me a lot as far as um really listening to like a lot of Cro-Mags and uh, some of those guys you know believed in Hare Krishna like back in the day and stuff like that and you know some of the lyrics kind of pertain to that um, but at the same time I also wanted to you know talk about like everyday life occurring events if you will you know what I mean there's shit that's happening around the world you know what I mean and it's kind of like like what Daniel did with climate of fear, it, it to me it's kind of like part like a part five of it, you know. But like in my own way, right, you know right. what I mean? Um, yeah, um, you know, I just talked about everyday life shit, you know, that happens to people. And, but at the same time, I also, you know, wanted to go that kind of Harry Krishna route, kind of talking about that. The song is called Convicted. Um, I, I wrote that song because I, in, back in 2016, you know, I had trouble with the law. Real <laughs> 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 uh, Yeah, and uh, that song is just kind of like, I won't get into it, you know, but. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of the, the process of, of that song and whatnot and how those lyrics are. Um, but yeah, man, I just want to um, thank you, Daniel, for, you know, kind of, you know, just being there for me, man, when I was kind of like, well, when, you know, I was at an all-time low. And uh, I want to thank you and a couple of other guys in our group chat. Yeah, I think if it's okay with you. Um, shout out to Zane, shout out to Patrick, shout out to Joe, Marcos, Matt, and Ruby. Cause I, I think, you know, with, I think without those guys, like kind of like when I was going through some bad times or whatever, those guys were like, Hey man, everything's going to be all right. You know, you're, you're going to fucking pull through, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, I just... Yeah, so I want to give a quick shout out to those guys, man, because those guys were, you know, were kind of there for me. And of, of course, my family and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, man, I just want to say thank you, man. Appreciate it.
All right, that was convicted. So, uh, like, I, I, I don't know, like, had you ever done vocals before? Or was it, like, a process, like, teaching yourself, I guess, to, like, learn how to do vocals? Or was it something that you did by yourself and just never told nobody? N- uh, yeah, I... I, I, I all all well, <laughs> uh, Jeez. Uh, you, know, you know what, man? I really... I saw bands like the Cro-Mags, like how JJ moves on stage. Yeah. Kind of like I wanted to imitate him. Like kind of made it your own. Yeah, it, but kind of added my own style to it. Um, and like Harley, like those two guys, man, like were just, just so influential. As far as for Shadow of Doubt, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I mean, their energy, you know, seeing the Chromags as as much as we did, you know, um, you know, their energy, and you know, what JJ's what like fifty something, sixty something. So you know, watching that guy still and still move on and you stage. Know something before like bitter end, the energy y'all have live, like that's what captivated me the first time I saw y'all. If you want me to be honest, like it was just like holy shit, like you just go off. That's what really like captured me with y'all. Like when I saw y'all, I was just like, damn, like that energy, and then everybody just goes ape shit. They just go get violent, trash cans, all kinds of stuff happen. And like that energy in that room at that moment is just like that's like a getaway. You know what I mean? Like that's like that moment where all the bullshit is just not there. Another thing too is Daniel, you coined your own style. I would say vocally, you know, like cool. I mean, you, you definitely hear it. I mean, Eli, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, no, no, I yeah. Friendship has been, you know, for, for a long time, man. Um, it's it feels good, like when I get behind the kid and like I fucking see him do his thing, like it it, ex- it gives me chills, dude. Yeah, man. So uh, yeah, a lot of people try to imitate but never duplicate. I think I think that's one thing. Like Bitter is one of those bands that is just like they're really unique and they're real, they're raw, and it's it's not like trend you know what i mean like it's not something that people were just trying to copy uh, oh metallic hardcore again or something like that you know like that's why i think even like with sudden death last week i was telling him like you know y'all like he was making a joke they played the same four songs but you know here we are 10 years later and those same four songs resonate with everyone you know what i mean so you know like when trends die stuff stops resonating but when real stuff's created i feel like it, it never does you know what i mean like it's always gonna always gonna make you feel i guess that first time you felt it you know what i mean and, and that's what always i guess hardcore was to me you know it's like like that feeling yeah. it's like a drug and like here i am now i mean this is 30 years old too myself and like i can't let it go man yeah. and it's because of guys like y'all and seeing bands like y'all and ogs like y'all like and and to me i feel like the scene nowadays there's no ogs you know what i'm saying like like or even 
even if there is, there's no respect to those those moments. Like 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 for me, like not even sometimes I wouldn't even like I don't know y'all. You know what I mean? I'm not really close with y'all, but it'd be like, oh shit, there they are. Like, oh, you, know? <laughs> you know, no, for real. And like like I'm not saying that I'm anybody, but like it's real, dude. Like like just like just awesome. So like I guess who idolized you like to get started as far as like doing vocals and like what really got you going in the, that in way. the vocals yeah man that's a that's a tough question <laughs> yeah well but i mean there's so many you know what i mean i mean to be honest with you though like no i mean no before that i mean the thing is like I'm not that old, but I got into hardcore very young. Like, I went to my first show when I was 13. So, you know, it's like, I don't even know. I don't even know who I would say. I mean, when I was real young and I was a kid, I liked a lot of, like, like early straight-edge hardcore. So, I'm not saying I sound like those guys, but that was, like, my original inspiration. Just, like, early hardcore punk kind of stuff, you know? I think um, I could yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's there, but, but it's the clarity. It's the clarity of your voice. I hear every yeah. word. Everyone hears every word, you know. And well, there was this band. Similar. There's, I mean, there's this kind of obscure band called Demise, that they were in New York. They were a New York hardcore band from, like. Is that vocals on that? No, it's like, d, it's spelled D. It's spelled D M I Z E. Oh. They only put out two demos, but what it up? was. What up, boy? <laughs> it was the bass player of Madball's first band. But their singer, they had two singers actually, but one of them more in particular, I don't think I purposely imitated him, but for whatever reason, his style is like very much how I like articulate every word. He was the same way. So if you go back, I mean, that's just not even on Spotify. Like it's probably, it's on like YouTube and stuff. But if you go back and listen to Demise, that was one of them, but there's another singer. I don't, I'm losing my memory. They had two singers, but one of them more specifically was kind of like that. And if I had to like say who I think I sound like, it'd be that guy. And it's not even like he was my favorite singer; it just kind of, for whatever reason, just stuck with me. So, um, are you guys straight edge perchance? I was. I'm not anymore. Eli never was, but I still don't. I mean, I don't. I don't remember the last time I had a drink. Like, I'll have a drink, but I'm not like. Pouring them back or anything yeah, yeah. like that. I've never seen you drunk yeah. or anything. Or no, I don't. I, if I start to get that way, I stop because I don't want. I don't. You know, some people like that feeling. I don't like that feeling. Like I feel weird when it starts to like get to that. So I just, whoosh, I just cut myself off as soon as it's even like the hint of it. guy named Ethan that um, he pretty much was our drummer even before when Eli was still in the band you know Eli couldn't tour as much as he had kids and stuff so Eli so Ethan would be the one who would tour with us yeah and so you know he was kind of like the touring drummer and Eli was like the Texas drummer you know but then eventually Eli kind of had stuff going on I had stuff going on it just kind of split ways and then Ethan pretty much, I mean, 
he's the drummer right now. On. You know what I mean? He did the drums on um, Dominance. Dominance. Yeah, he played drums on that. We recorded it in a cabin in Brevard, North Carolina. <laughs> I don't know if I said that town right. Brevard, Brevard, something like that. Whose idea was it, that? Was that the label? Uh, no, it was. I was living in Raleigh, North Carolina for a couple of years. And, um, you know, nowadays recording, you don't need um, all the same shit that you used yeah, to. Fine. You know what I mean? So they, so, but they also, they didn't do the whole record there. Like they did some, Nick Jett from Terror recorded it, the drummer. So they did some stuff in California. And I guess, I, I, now that I think about it, I guess we only did the vocals in North Carolina because they would have done all the instruments. I don't know, man. I've got the worst memory. And I wasn't there for like the instrument recording. I know they did that like in California. And then, and then they, and then I think it was Jacob met me in North Carolina and we drove up to the mountains and we just rented this little cabin in the mountains of North Carolina and um, Nick brought you know a computer and a microphone and two speakers because it's just recording vocals you know what I mean so we just got some Airbnb and hung out for a few days you, you guys were out there with like fucking goats and shit like that <laughs> out there and shit. yeah we were there, I have this picture somewhere where it's like me yelling into a microphone but the microphone is like hanging next to a window. This was just looking out to like beautiful North Carolina wilderness. <laughs> you would say something like that. I mean, it was nice, man. I chilled out a little bit, guys. <laughs> so um, these days, I guess, um, I guess Patrick's having a kid, so y'all aren't really too doing too too much at the moment. Um, no shows or anything coming up. Yeah, man, nothing right now, man. I'm just kind of right now. I'm just. Actually, you know, what? Uh, I'm really focused right now with my kid. Oh, right on. Hey, you know, uh, how old? Or she's 13 years old. Right on. Okay. And you know, right now she's like really big into softball, oh. so we kind of put her in like organizations, and they travel out and they uh, they play tournaments and stuff like that. And um, I'm really kind of keen on that a lot right now because I want for her to go to college get looked at by certain scouts that way i don't have to pay for the fucking college (laughs) do you know what i mean it makes perfect sense dude it's the best way to go about it you know what i mean Uh, you know you know um have her you know i um i'm doing that man that's takes up a lot of my fucking time like going going to lessons going to tournaments like out of texas going to practices and stuff like that like I'm really just kind of like, that's what I'm focused on. You know, my daughter. You know what I mean? Right at the moment, you know what I mean? And, you know, when I had her, you know, she was at a young age, like, she didn't know better. You know, obviously she was a baby and stuff like that. And at the time, Bitter End was like fucking popping, dude. I mean, popping. Like, we were, we would play shows like what, every chance we got when a new, when like a band would come into town. Like, we would just play, like, I, I remember we brought my daughter home that one that night, and I, t- I told my wife, I was like, yo, I'm gonna take off, because we're gonna go play with Line of Judah. We played with them at the sanctuary. Um, so we played with the band from, uh, from DC, uh, from DC called Line of Judah, and like I, was, I told my wife, I was like, beast. Dude, I can relate to that, because I actually played a show left the hospital like we were 
we were we were on McCullough, like the little hospital right there, and I drove to the Rabbit, played a show, and then came back. Yeah, it, <laughs> so and, I can relate to that. I definitely and can relate you know, to that. it's it's not nothing where like oh, I kind of chose the band over like my wife and like my kid, but yeah, she understood. She kn- she knew what was up. Yeah, you know, she knew what was up that the, you know the band is getting bigger. The band was kind of going places and stuff like that. So. I was kind of doing that and stuff like that, but uh, but yeah, but like now, like it's kind of the roles are reversed. I'm doing like less stuff with you know bands and stuff like that, and focusing on on my kid. Oh, they get older. Know, they get older, man. Yeah, man. You know they get older and they they see that shit. The well, shit. My dad's not around. He's fucking on tour and shit like that. So it's like, no, man. I I could I couldn't do that, man. I couldn't do that. You know, to my kid. You know, she's growing. She's growing up, dude. So. Yeah, man. Softball, dude. Softball. <laughs> Softball. Well, wish you luck with that for sure, man. Hey, thanks, man. Well. Appreciate it. Thank and you. And also, I hope to see Shadow of Doubt around again soon, you know? And if not, then I hope to see... Actually, no, I hope to see Shadow of Doubt because I want to see Patrick and Lorenzo with the crew, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Absolutely. The projects would be great, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, oh, wait, wait, wait. You know what? Wait, 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 wait. Coming, talking about new projects? I want to get with Griff. So I, I was going through a depression and Griff actually reached out to me and like talked to me, I guess he was sick for like drug counseling out in Colorado. Right, yeah, he lives in Colorado now. And uh, um, I think we're going to be doing like some type of like band with him. It's me, Patrick, and Griff. That's but awesome. But Griff is on vocals. <laughs> and oh, you, ha- you, and, and you have to understand like, like he would do backup vocals for Bitter End and like, you kind of knew like there was like some fucking demons behind his growls and stuff like that so like hearing him like now because like the music is done patrick wrote everything we like laid down everything and we just have to get griff to like sing the over the tracks you know what i mean and i know he i know he i know he lives in colorado but uh hey shout out to griff um yeah man uh yeah, we're gonna be doing a new like you know, a band if you will. We're not gonna play like tour, play shows or whatnot, but studio band. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, That's yeah. And um, dude, dude, I heard for the first time in a while. I heard him like do his like, like vocals, like because we recorded with like at Patrick and at his apartment or whatever. I heard him like just fucking scream. And I, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, the fucking walls were, like, resonating and shit like that. Th- that's how powerful his, his uh, you know, his growls are. And, you know, like, that guy's just a fucking monster, dude. Seriously. I, I, I know. No. No, you don't want to know. That dude's a different kind of animal, man. Like, behind, like, trying to track vocals and shit like that. So. So look out for that. It should be coming out pretty soon. Okay. Dope, dope. I'll have to bring you back in here and we'll talk more about that. I want to get Patrick in here too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. yeah. Patrick wanted to be on here, but you know, he's having a kid. So. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Good luck with that, man. Congratulations again to both you and your family, to everybody, you know, involved in that. Um, so yeah, we're in here with Bitter In and Shadow of a Doubt. We want to thank you guys for coming on air with us. Um, we have one last track for you guys off of Illusions of Dominance. 
Japan, what do you think of this? No, tell me. <laughs> Actually, I wanted to ask you about the album cover for each song. Um, yeah. Like, like who, who made the album cover? Like, who, like the picture or who yeah. made the design? Like, who, who designed it? Uh, this Jake from Converge, the singer. He does, like, all the graphic design stuff for Deathwish. I mean, maybe not all of it, but 90% of it. Yeah. Because it, it, to me, it was like a concentration camp of his music. But yeah, it's a, it's a picture of... I don't know if you know much about World War II history, but they there were Japanese internment camps, so they would like get all the people that were Japanese in America and put them in camps, basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think they were quite as bad as like. Well, I know they were. They weren't like as bad as concentration camps. I'm not like defending it, yeah. but it wasn't like that extreme. But it was you know pretty extreme. Yeah. So we just thought it was kind of like a an image that kind of take some things from that kind of stood a little, a little more brutal. Yeah, but it was yes, there's a few off. And at the time I was doing a lot of shit. I was like drumming for all these bands or whatever and uh, I think I remember that night you played like Yeah. Yeah, I I I think that night yeah, like I I played for Thorns and then I played for Hardside and then I think Bitter End did something so I played some songs with them. Um I asked Patrick to like write a couple you know, just riffs or whatever um, that like sounded like leeway, kind of like um, fucking killing time and shit like that. So he did. He wrote. He wrote some fucking some riffs and we kind of pieced the songs together. And then I came up with the lyrics and shit like that. And then boom, like it just kind of like somewhat took off. Like it, it didn't. Did it didn't take off like like, like how. Like how other bands, you know, like kind of take off or whatever. Um, it was just something like, oh fuck, okay. Like, I got some people's attention. Like, so, uh, you know, we kind of rolled with it and shit like that. And we did like just small tours with like Hardside and stuff like that. And um, yeah, man, you know, I, I kind of felt like if, like if I wasn't, I wasn't like truly done with Bitter End, but like. Like I, I needed to say a couple of things, you know, vocally, not not so not not so much on drums. If you you know, yeah, um, more more vocally. Um, so yeah, man, I just kind of sang and then um, actually hit up Andrew from Strife because um, we uh, we were just kind of looking for a label. Like we had all these songs and. I was all like, fuck, man, I don't want a label to put it out or whatever. And, and when I was with Bitter End, we did a string of shows with them in California. And, like, just fucking became friends with them. And just the fucking cool dudes. Like, everybody in Stripe was awesome. Um, and then forward a couple of years later, you know, I sing for this band. And then I kind of uh, grabbed his attention. And Andrew was like, hey, I'm kind of starting off a small label nothing too huge like you know i like what you're doing kind of shit and i was like okay well yeah you know if you like it like let's roll with it you know what i mean so he put it out on cassette and uh you know all the media platforms like the itunes and all yeah, that shit because I, I never heard of it and all the time right right and everywhere <laughs> and we would try and play as much of shows as we can but 
you know, yeah, man, it, it, it was, it's, again, another thing that I wanted to do and that I, you know, I, I guess if you will, conquered that, you know what I mean? Like, it, you know, I, I did that, you know what I mean? It is what it is, you know, and I'm, I'm happy for that, so. Um, well, right now, Patrick is, is, is he's having a kid, actually, like, hey, as we Patrick. speak. So, uh, yeah, um, I think uh, that band will kind of be put at a halt, at a halt. yeah, kind of in the back burner. And um, if something cool happens, like, I mean, we p wanted to play all the shows that we wanted to. Like, we played with Harley from the Cro-Mags. Like, we played with, like, Leeway. And those are just some of the bands that kind of influenced what Shadow of Doubt was, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, fuck, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we're going to go ahead and get into the first song from Shadow of a Doubt. Or Shadow of Doubt, I'm sorry. And um, it's called No Mercy. And y'all have a video for this one, right? Yeah, actually, we do. Captain <laughs> Revolution. Yeah, actually, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Off of Alamo Street? Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. No. El Paso Street. Yeah, yeah. I th I, yeah, I think that place. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it got shut down like real quick, man. Like with all the noise and shit like that. So, yeah. Yeah, man, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
to go ahead and get into our little segment that we do for Twin Productions. They got a bunch of shows coming up. Uh, Jen and Eric have always held it down for the city. Still one of the last big DIY uh, talent buyers left in the city. I know a lot of bigger companies have kind of come in and kind of taken over a lot of the shows. But uh, shout out to Twin Productions. We're going to go ahead and start off Saturday, February 8th at the Paper Tiger. Uh, Knocking Chucks, The Addicts, Filthy, and The Muff Divers. Uh, we also got Saturday, February 8th at the Aztec Theater. Falling Rebirth, Escape from Faith, The Word of Lies, Postcards uh, from the Moon. Saturday, February 15th at Vibes Underground. Uh, talking about new methods, they're going to be on this one. This is Judiciary Show, Lower Depths, Black Hand. Shout out Black Hand, uh, Backlash. Uh, Sunday, February 23rd at Paper Tiger, uh, Sanction, see Space Cowboy. Uh, new Methods again, going to be on that one. Uh, holding it down for the local in this thing. <laughs> Sunday, February 23rd, at the Rockbox, we got Blacktop Mojo, Kingdom Collapse, Wall of Soul, and All Stories In. Saturday, March 14th, at the Paper Tiger, we got The Expendables, Bumpin' Ugly. Uh, Sunday, March 15th, uh, we have Off With Their Heads, Dakota Slingshot, and Battered Image. Wednesday, March 18th, at Vibes Event Center, Dance Gavin Dance, Animal Leaders, Issues, Zalamaya. Thursday, March 19th, Paper Tiger, Silent Planet, Currents, Infant Animate, and Grey Haven. February, March 20th, I'm really looking forward to this show, uh, Still With Me, uh, Four Years Strong, and I The Mighty. Uh, Monday, March 23rd, Paper Tiger, Thy Art Is Murder. Uh, make sure you go ahead and uh, check them out, www.twinproductionstexas. Also, you can get all their tickets on uh, eventbrite.com, so make sure you uh, check them all out on Twitter, and uh, make sure you follow Twin Productions. They usually have all the dopest shows that come in, although, you know, San Antonio has been getting skipped a lot lately, but... They still been kind of keeping us afloat, really. All right, so we're live here with members from Bitter End and Shadow of Doubt. Uh, you just heard No Mercy by Shadow of Doubt. There's a video on YouTube. You should go check that out right now. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, like, as far as like the writing process, like, what was going through your head when writing like the lyrics to these songs? Um, and everything? Like the music was all Patrick. I kind of gave him that free hand to be like hey <coughs> write what you feel like what you listen to like get ideas from shit like that from different bands and stuff like that and that dude's good that i yeah that guy you know hands down you know just put a demo together put songs together and he kind of also helped me with like the lyrics just because like that was the first time like me trying to sing and shit so he was like hey do this or say it like this say it like that or you know and that guy really helped me a lot as far as um uh, putting these lyrics together to these songs um yeah 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 uh, he's um he's kind of like a ma like a little mastermind you know what i mean yeah yeah so um as far as like the lyrics were concerned like I was really listening to like a lot of Cro-Mags and uh, some of the guys, you know, believed in Hare Krishna like back in the day and stuff like that. And, you know, some of the lyrics kind of pertain to that. Um, but at the same time, I also wanted to, you know, talk about like everyday life occurring events, if you will. You know what I mean? Just shit that's happening around the world. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like like what Daniel did with Climate of Fear, it, it to me it's kind of like part, uh, part five of it, you know, but like in my own way. Right. 
you know what I mean? Um, yeah, um, you know, I just talk about everyday life shit, you know, that happens to people. But at the same time, I also, you know, wanted to go that kind of Harry Krishna route, kind of talking about that, uh, you know, religion. But yeah. And uh, does that have anything to do? You know, just I mean, the single on uh, Bandcamp, right? Yeah, that. Yeah, the song is called Convicted. Um, I, I, I wrote that song because back in 2016, you know, I had trouble with the law. Real <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, and uh, that song is just kind of like, I won't get into it, you know, but... Yeah, yeah, it's kind of the, the process of, of that song and whatnot and how those lyrics are. Um, but yeah, man, I just want to um, thank you, Daniel, for, you know, kind of, you know, just being there for me, man, when I was kind of like, well, when, you know, I was at an all-time low. And uh, I want to thank you and a couple of other guys in our group chat. Yeah, I think if it's okay with you. Um, shout out to Zane, shout out to Patrick, shout out to Joe, Marcos, Matt, and Ruby, because I, I think, you know, with I think without those guys, like, kind of like when I was going through some bad times or whatever, those guys were like, hey, man, everything's going to be all right. You know, you're, you're going to fucking pull through. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I just... Yeah, so I want to give a quick shout out to those guys, man, because those guys were, you know, were kind of there for me. And of, of course, my family and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, man, I just want to say thank you, man. Appreciate it.
right. That was convicted. So, uh, like, I, I, I don't know, like, have you ever done vocals before? Or was it, like, a process, like, teaching yourself, I guess, to, like, learn how to do vocals? Or was it just something that you did by yourself and just never told nobody? N- uh, yeah, I... I, I, I all Jeez. You know, you know what, man? I really... I saw bands like the Cro-Mags, like how JJ moves on stage. Yeah. Kind of like I wanted to imitate him. Like kind of made it your own. Yeah, it, but kind of added my own style to it. Um, and like Harley, like those two guys, man, like we're just just so influential. As far as for Shadow of Doubt, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I mean, their energy, you know, seeing the Chromags as as much as we did, you know, um, you know, their energy, and you know, what JJ's what like fifty something, sixty something. So you know, watching that guy still still move on stage. And you know something before, like bitter end, the energy y'all have live, like that's what captivated me the first time I saw y'all. If you want me to be honest, like it was just like holy shit, like you just go off. That's what really like captured me with y'all. Like when I saw y'all, I was just like, damn, like that energy. And then everybody just goes ape shit. They just go get violent, trash cans, all kinds of stuff happen. And like that energy in that room at that moment is just like that's like a getaway. You know what I mean? Like that's like that moment where all the bullshit is just not there. Another thing too is Daniel, you coined your own style. I would say vocally, you know, like cool. I mean, you, you definitely hear it. I mean, Eli, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, no, no, I yeah. Friendship has been, you know, for, for a long time, man. Um, it's it feels good, like when I get behind the kid and like I fucking see him do his thing, like it it, ex- it gives me chills, dude. Yeah, man. So uh, yeah, a lot of people try to imitate, but never duplicate. Uh, never. I think I think that's one thing. Like Bitter is one of those bands that is just like they're really unique and they're real, they're raw, and it's it's not like trend, you know what I mean? Like, it's not something that people were just trying to copy because it's like, oh, metallic hardcore is in, I guess. Right. Like, that's why I think, even like with Sudden Death last week, I was telling him like, you know, y'all, like he was making a joke, they play the same four songs, but you know, here we are ten years later and those same four songs resonate with everyone, you know what I mean? So, you know, like, when trends die, stuff stops resonating, but when real stuff's created, I feel like it, it never does, you know what I mean? Like, it's always gonna resonate, it's always gonna make you feel, I guess, that first time you felt it, you know what I mean? And, and that's what always, I guess, hardcore was to me, you know? Definitely. Like, like that feeling. Yeah. It's like a drug, and like, here I am now, I mean, just being 30 years old, too, myself, and like, I can't let it go, you know? Yeah. And it's because of guys like y'all, and seeing bands like y'all, and OGs like y'all, like and and to me, I feel like the scene nowadays, there's no OGs. You know what I'm saying? Like like or 
even if there is, there's no respect to those hoes that I'm displaying. Like, like for me, like not even. Sometimes I wouldn't even like I don't know y'all. You know what I mean? I'm not really close with y'all, but it'd be like, oh shit, there they are. Like, oh, you, know? <laughs> you know, no, for real. And like, like I'm not saying that I'm anybody, but like, it's real, dude. Like, like, just like, it's just awesome. So like, I guess who idolized you like to get started as far as like doing vocals and like what really got you going in the, that in way in the vocals yeah man that's a that's a tough question <laughs> yeah well but i mean there's so many you know what i mean i mean to be honest with you though like vocals no i mean no before that i mean the thing is like I'm not that old, but I got into hardcore very young. Like, I went to my first show when I was 13. So, you know, it's like, it's, I don't even know. I don't even know who I would say. I mean, when I was real young and I was a kid, I liked a lot of, like, like early straight-edge hardcore. So, I'm not saying I sound like those guys, but that was, like, my original inspiration. Just, like, early hardcore punk kind of stuff, you know? I think um, I could I yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's there, but, but it's the clarity. It's the clarity of your voice. I hear every yeah. word. Everyone hears every word, you know. Like well, there was this band. Similar. There's, I mean, there's this kind of obscure band called Demise, that they were in New York. They were a New York hardcore band from, like. Is that vocals on that? No, it's like, d- it's spelled D. It's spelled D M I Z E. They only put out two demos, but what it was. What up, boy? <laughs> it was the bass player of Madball's first band. But their singer, they had two singers actually, but one of them more particular, I don't think I purposely imitated him, but for whatever reason, his style is like very much how I like articulate every word. He was the same way. So if you go back, I mean, that's just not even on Spotify. Like it's probably, it's on like YouTube and stuff. But if you go back and listen to Demise, that was one of them, but there's another singer. I don't, I'm losing my memory. They had two singers, but one of them more specifically was kind of like that. And if I had to like say who I think I sound like, it'd be that guy. And it's not even like he was my favorite singer; just kind of for whatever reason, just stuck with me. So, um, are you guys straight edge perchance? I was. I'm not anymore. Eli never was, but I still don't. I mean, I don't. I don't remember the last time I had a drink. Like, I'll have a drink, but I'm not like. Pouring them back or anything yeah, yeah. like that. I've never seen you drunk yeah. or anything. Or no, I don't. I, if I start to get that way, I stop because I don't want. I don't. You know, some people like that feeling. I don't like that feeling. Like I feel weird when it starts to like get to that. So I just, whoosh, I just cut myself off as soon as it's even like the hint of it. guy named Ethan that um, he pretty much was our drummer even before when Eli was still in the band you know Eli couldn't tour as much as he had kids and stuff so Eli so Ethan would be the one who would tour with us yeah and so you know he was kind of like the touring drummer and Eli was like the Texas drummer you know but then eventually Eli kind of had stuff going on I had stuff going on it just kind of split ways and then 
Ethan pretty much. I mean, he's the drummer right. now. And you know what I mean? He did the drums on uh, Lucenzo. Dominance. Yeah, he played drums on that. We recorded it in a cabin in Brevard, North Carolina. <laughs> I don't know if I said that town right. Brevard, Brevard, something like that. Whose idea was it, that? Was that the label? Uh, no, it was. I was living in Raleigh, North Carolina for a couple of years. And, um, you know, nowadays recording, you don't need um, all the same shit that you used yeah, to. Fine. You know what I mean? So they, so, but they also, they didn't do the whole record there. Like they did some, Nick Jett from Terror recorded it, the drummer. So they did some stuff in California. And I guess, I, I, now that I think about it, I guess we only did the vocals in North Carolina because they would have done all the instruments. I don't know, man. I've got the worst memory. And I wasn't there for like the instrument recording. I know they did that like in California. And then, and then they, and then I think it was Jacob met me in North Carolina and we drove up to the mountains and we just rented this little cabin in the mountains of North Carolina and um, Nick brought you know a computer and a microphone and two speakers because just recording vocals you know what I mean so we just got some Airbnb and hung out for a few days you, you guys were out there with like fucking clothes and shit like that <laughs> out there and shit. yeah we were there, I have this picture somewhere where it's like me yelling into a microphone but the microphone is like hanging next to a window. This was just looking out to like beautiful North Carolina wilderness. Oh, awesome, <laughs> you would say something like that. No, I mean, it was nice, man. I chilled out a little bit, guys. <laughs> so um, these days, I guess, um, I guess Patrick's having a kid, so y'all aren't really too doing too too much at the moment. Um, no shows or anything coming up. Yeah, man. Nothing right now, man. I'm just kind of right now. I'm just. Actually, you know what? Uh, I'm really focused right now with my kid. Oh, right on. Hey, you so know, uh, how old? Or she's 13 years old. Right on. Okay. And you know, right now she's like really big into softball, um, so we kind of put her in like organizations, and they travel out and they they play tournaments and stuff like that. And um, I'm really kind of keen on that a lot right now because I want for her to go to college get looked at by certain scouts right that way i don't have to pay for the fucking college <laughs> do you know what i mean I, I, it makes perfect sense uh, dude yeah, it's the best way to go about it you know what i mean uh, you know you know um have her you know i um i'm doing that man that's takes up a lot of my fucking time like going going to lessons going to tournaments like out of texas going to practices and stuff like that like I'm really just kind of like, that's what I'm focused on. You know, my daughter. You know what I mean? Right at the moment, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when I had her, you know, she was at a young age, like, she didn't know better. You know, obviously she was a baby and stuff like that. And at the time, Bitter End was like fucking popping, dude. I mean, popping. Like, we were, we would play shows like what every chance we got when a new, when like a band would come into town. Like, we would just play, like, I, I remember we brought my daughter home that one that night, and I, I told my wife, I was like, yo, I'm gonna take off, because we're gonna go play with Line of Judah. We played with them at the sanctuary. Um, so we played with the band from, uh, from DC, uh, from DC called Line of Judah, and like I, was, like, I told my wife, I was like, beast. Dude, I can relate to that, because I actually played a show 
left the hospital. Like we were, <laughs> we were, we were on McCullough, like the little hospital right there. And I drove to the Rabbit, played a show, and then came back. Yeah, it, <laughs> so and, I can relate to that. I definitely and can relate you know, to that. it's it's not nothing where like oh, I kind of chose the band over like my wife and like my kid, but. Yeah, she understood. She kn- she knew what was up. Yeah, you know, she knew what was up. That the, you know the band is getting bigger. The band was kind of going places and stuff like that. So I was kind of doing that and stuff like that. But uh, but yeah. But like now, like it's kind of the roles are reversed. I'm doing like less stuff with you know bands and stuff like that, and focusing on on my kids. Oh, they and, get older. Know, they get older, man. Yeah, man. You know they get older and they they see that shit. The oh, shit. My dad's not around. He's fucking on tour and shit like that so it's like no man i i, I could i couldn't do that man. i couldn't do that you know to my kid you know she's growing she's growing up dude so yeah man softball dude softball <laughs> softball well wish you luck with that for sure man hey thanks man well. appreciate it Thank and you. also i hope to see shadow of doubt around again soon you know and if not then i hope to see actually no i hope to see shadow of doubt because i want to see patrick and the knives over here too you know what i'm saying oh yeah for sure man absolutely the projects would be great too yeah yeah for sure man Oh, wait, 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 you know what, wait, 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 coming, talking about new projects, I want to get with Griff. Yeah. So, a long time ago, I I was going through a depression, and Griff actually reached out to me, and, like, talked to me, I guess he was getting sick, but, like, drug counseling out of Colorado. Right, yeah, he lives in Colorado now, and, uh, um, I think we're going to be doing, like, some type of, like, band with him. It's me, Patrick, and Griff. Yeah, but awesome. but Griff is on vocals, <laughs> and wow. you ha- you and, and you have to understand like like he would do backup vocals for Bitter End, and like you kind of knew like there was like some fucking demons behind his growls and stuff like that. So like hearing him like now, because like uh, the music is done. Patrick wrote everything. We like laid down everything. And we just have to get Griff to like sing the tr- over the tracks, you know what I mean? And I know he, I know wow. he, li- I know he lives in Colorado, but uh, hey, shout out to Griff. Yo, um, shout out Griff. Um, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, we're gonna be doing a new like, you know, a band, if you will. We're not gonna play like tour, play shows or whatnot, but studio band. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. And um, dude, dude. I heard for the first time in a while, I heard him like do his like, like vocal, like, cause we recorded with like at Patrick and at his apartment or whatever. I heard him like just fucking scream and I, I, I couldn't believe it. Like the fucking walls were like resonating and shit like that. Th- that's how powerful his, his, uh, you know, his growls are. And you know, like that guy's just a fucking monster, dude. Seriously. No, you don't wanna no. That that dude's a different kind of animal, man, like behind like trying to track vocals and shit like that. So, yeah, man. So look out for that. It should be coming out pretty soon. Okay. Dope, dope. I'll have to bring you back in here and we'll talk more about that. I wanna get Patrick in here too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Yeah, Patrick wanted to be on here but you know he's having a kid, so Yeah, I understand. Good luck with that, man. Congratulations again to both you and your family, to everybody, you know, involved in that. Um, so yeah, we're in here with Bitter In and Shadow of a Doubt. We want to thank you guys for coming on air with us. Um, we have.
have one last track for you guys off of Illusion of Dominance called Power and Control. Um, so what would you say the song, the writing process behind this one was? Because this is more of a... Actually... Yeah, what do you think it is? No, tell me. Actually, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about the album cover for this album. Yeah. Uh, like, like, who made the album cover? Like, who, like the picture or who yeah. made the design? Like, who, who designed it? Uh, this Jake from Converge, the singer. He does, like, all the graphic design stuff for Deathwish. I mean, maybe not all of it, but 90% of it, yeah. Because it, it, to me, it was like a concentration camp of influences. Like. Yeah, it's a, it's a picture of... I don't know if you know much about World War II history, but they there were Japanese internment camps, so they would like get all the people that were Japanese in America and put them in camps, basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean I don't think they were quite as bad as... like. Well, I know they were. They weren't like as bad as concentration camp. I'm not like defending it, yeah. but it wasn't like that extreme. But it was, you know, pretty extreme. Yeah. So we just thought it was kind of like a, a an image that you could kind of take some things from. That kind of fit. Yeah, but it was yes and no. I mean, it kind of it could apply to politics, but just applied, you know, to life, I guess. But you know, you could take it in a political way. You could take it in a just, you know, about the world way kind of thing. I don't know if it's political. It's just about the world, which which is inherently political, you know. In a sense, anything is is political nowadays. Yeah. simple but it's i always like that i didn't and when you look at better album covers they're, they're not they're not like crazy looking they're just very just simple just you know which i think is cooler than nothing wrong with like a bunch of crazy shit everywhere but i just kind of like like just simple profound stuff you know so that's kind of the vibe we've always had with album covers you know so outside of the music I still work in music, but I, I book bands for some venues that book more like kind of country and Americana artists. Um, so I'm doing some different shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a, a venue, Halotus, that I work at, um, and then I also part own this uh, bar called the Lonesome Rose, which is on North St. Mary Street. So I kind of help out with that too. Yeah, yeah. Too, not too long ago. No, 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 I don't think, but it was pretty crazy the last one, so I'm 
for everything. You know, shout out to Get Real. Shout out Felipe. They've been doing some pretty cool shit out there. Uh, shout out to Death Grip here in San Antonio. Eric, uh, yeah. We had that festival this past weekend. Um, it was pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of dope bands. Uh, I met a band from Houston called Second Wind. Fucking awesome guys. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so it was pretty cool to get to check out new music. Because, like, I guess I haven't really been around as much lately because I've been doing the dad thing and all that. So it was pretty cool to see, like, a new out-of-town band that, like, I really liked a lot. Like, they really killed their set. So uh, shout out God Hand as well. Um, I think they're from Houston. Um, they were on tour. And uh, they gave me a CD for free, and I checked it out. It's pretty badass. It took me a while to find a way to play it, though. I didn't realize, like, no, seriously, like, it was a weird moment because it was, like, that moment when I realized, like, where the fuck do I play this? Like, my car doesn't have it. My other car is so old that the CD player is broken. You know what I mean? And then, like, I don't like I don't have anywhere, so I put it in my PS2. You know what I mean? Like, like it, still, it still did the job. You know what I mean? That's crazy. But, like, it's just weird at that moment to, like, not realize. Like, I could probably, I would have had a better look if I had, a, like, a vinyl. You know what I mean? I could have played that, but I, I couldn't play a CD. Yeah, it was weird. It was a weird moment. It was just kind of like a what the fuck moment. Like, like. Like, it's been that long since, like, a band's actually given me a CD, and, like, I've actually, like, jammed it, you know what I mean? Everybody's, like, check out my Bandcamp or Spotify, and, like, you know, nobody pops trunk no more, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, so, um, we're gonna get to the last song? Yep, last song. Last song by Bitter End. This is off the new album, Illusions of Dominance. It's not real new, though. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, like, five years old. Yeah, it is kind of. <laughs> the newest. The first San Antonio hardcore record was by a band called Marching Plague. The seven inch is called Rock and Roll Asshole. It came out in 1982. So if you want to start at the beginning, start there. I, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, he kind of pwned all of Dust us. So I mean, yeah. shout out Marching Plague. <laughs> uh, no man, you know, just all the newer bands, uh, Bloodhound, um, New Methods, Sheer Force. Black Hand, 
uh, Lower Deaths. Lower Deaths just yeah, put out yeah, new yeah, music, that man. Music. That stuff is really good. Check that out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, all those bands, man. You know, just just go and support. You know what I mean? There's nothing like just going. Uh, obviously, we can't fucking do it because it's like, <laughs> uh, like, like we're fucking 40. You know, they're going on 30. We ain't 40 years old. Not, I mean, we might yet. as well be, dude. Cause like, I'm. I'll, I'll be at a show and I'll be like, fuck, dude. Like, goddamn, when's my bedtime? Like, what the fuck? I'm like, standing in the back. Yeah, right? dude. Fuck that, dude. I, I, I can't. Went man. From the pit to the back. Yeah, dude. I, I've crossed. done it for so long that it's just. Yeah, man, you know, but, you know, all these newer bands that are playing out here, you know, just go and support them, man. That's that's all they need. They need is your support. Yeah, real shit. Support local, man. Also, before we end this, if you're in a band and you do want to submit your music, you can hit me up at distortion at dojodjs.com. Also, the show would always be up at dojodjs.com. You can check out any of the episodes prior. Um, check out all the bands. Um, if you have any kind of shows that you want to promote, if you want to be on the show, if you think the show sucks and you hate me, it's okay. <laughs> Just fucking email me and we can talk about it. Distortion at dojodjs.com. Um, Saturday, make sure you go out to the Viva Event Center. Um, Pitchfork, Texas is going to be on tour. Fortunes and Balance, Virtue from Austin. Um, in Means, not, I've never heard them, but um, yeah, it, Laredo New Laredo Highway. Highway. Kind of by uh, South Park Mall. Oh, yeah. One more, one more thing. Another band, too. Uh, uh, shout out to Xavier and Life Cycles. Oh, yeah. That good Southeast right there. That's yeah. a Southeast connection. Good friends of mine. Good he friends. used to live up like two blocks from me. He doesn't live there no more. But uh, he actually was fortunate drummer for... He helped us when we didn't have a drummer for quite some time. Yeah, man. That, that, guy's, that, dude really sick, that guy's real cool. Uh, his yeah. new band, uh, what was it? Frost Coffin Hurt or something like that? Uh, I think so. Dude, I don't yeah. know, maybe I said it backwards. I don't know. I'm dyslexic, so... Frost Coffin, uh, they've been killing it, man. So um, shout out to Xavier too. Shout out Life Cycles. Hopefully we can get them on the show. Shout out to the South Side. Shout out Black Hand. Freaking Raul. Joe, I'm not gonna shout out Chica. Shout out Sudden Death. We're gonna get into this last song. Y'all have a great night. Uh, once again, you can check us out Spotify, Apple, uh, the Apple Pods, whatever. Some shit like that. Pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts, we're on there. Um, shout out to Deb, DJ Declare, always helping us out, holding it down. Yeah, thank you so much, bro. Yeah. Once again, this is the Dojo Distortion Podcast. We're going to end it with Bitter End, Power and Control, and there's no fear in this dojo.